0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 30 of Aussie Talks and what an episode today is going to be. We're going to be reviewing the Cricket World Cup final, one of the greatest wins in the history of Australian cricket, if not Australian sport, against all the odds away from home in India. They're unbeatable, they've won 10 on on the trot. And yet uh, we completely and utterly outplayed them for a majority of the contest. So what a moment it was at 3 a.m. Melbourne time when Glenn Maxwell hit those winning runs. And before we get started, I want to uh, play the winning moment back for, for all the Aussie cricket fans out there. I'm sure they're going to enjoy this little audio clip. Well, let's just go back to the beginning of this World Cup campaign. All of two Australia where We were done. We were cooked. Absolutely smashed against South Africa, lost to India, comfortably, and we were none for 120, or sorry, Sri Lanka against us. We were none for 120 off 20 overs, and we didn't look like taking a wicket. We looked absolutely rubbish, and since that moment, since we were able to rescue that game against Sri Lanka. Uh, the only time we really looked vulnerable uh, was in that Afghanistan game, which really didn't matter in the in the context of things, uh, and maybe in the semifinal a bit when we lost a few wickets. But other than that, Australia have been dominant since they were 0-2. And, yes, they played two of the best teams in that first two games, um, but the biggest difference has been the fielding. You have a look in the final and the final. Our fielding was absolutely superb, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But... Compare that to the first two games, we we're the worst fielding team. In the first two games, uh, our bowling was rubbish. We couldn't hit the middle of the bat, uh, and and for that to change around just like that was pretty incredible. And it's one of the greatest World Cup wins uh, and World Cup campaigns, and one that's going to be remembered for a very long time. So, first of all, well, I get I get to a club in uh, in Fitzroy to to watch the game, and it's seven ten, and I look look up on the screen, and it says Australia have won the toss and have decided to bowl, and I've gone. What a silly decision that is. In cricket, you always bat first in finals. It's run on the board. There's the old saying by W.G. Grace, one of the greatest players uh, in the history of cricket going back in the 1800s when you win the toss, bat. If you're in doubt, think about it, then bat. If you have very big doubts, consult a colleague, then bat. Well, Pat Cummins just said, no chance, because no one, I don't think, would have bowled first on that deck. And you know, if we had have lost, it would have copped it. Comes he probably wouldn't have been ODI captain afterwards. Uh, if we had have lost, he. But you know what, he he had the guts to make a call, and I'm sure it wasn't him. I'm sure it was also the coaching staff, but he was able to make a call that very little would have made, and perhaps it caught India by surprise. You know, I don't want to put any uh, accusations out there, but we definitely know that the Indian cricket board had something to do with the pitch, uh, much like they did in the semi-final, and much like they've done uh, for a very, very long time. The pitch was going to be done in a way that was so uh, deliberately in the favor of India. Uh, and they probably would have expected Australia to bat first, but, uh, for that situation to be, because after the first few overs of Australia's innings, it really didn't do much uh, when Australia were batting. So clearly it was a bowl first deck and, you know, Cummins for him to do that, that took some massive, uh, yeah, some, some some massive guts to do that from, from Pat Cummins. Now, India... Started off, Sharma was creaming him to start. Hazelwood, you know, number one ODI bowler in the world, didn't really get off to the start he wanted after a brilliant semi final. We got Gil out in the first couple of overs, and I was really shocked when it flashed across the screen that Gil was the number one ranked ODI batsman in the world. I know Gil's still young, but I'm still waiting for this bloke to do something in a huge game. World Test Championship, we got 13 weeks of promos after the Indian Series that he was going to be the best, uh, that he's the next big thing, he's the next Sachin Tanduka. Uh, He's the best ever. And in the World Test Championship, he did nothing. (laughs) And in the ODI World Cup Final, he looked rubbish and did absolutely nothing. So, look, this may come back to bite my own words. I understand he's still young. um, But... I'm yet to see anything out of this bloke against Australia and in, in really big games. So number one batsman in the world in the ODI, according to the ICC. Well, I reckon that's going to change because there's a bloke named Coley uh, who, who needs to rise up the rankings and he'd probably be number one at the moment. Uh, closely followed by Travis Head if he's not number one. But Speaking of Travis Head, this was the moment that won Australia the game. Sharma was, I believe he was something like 46 not out. He hit Maxwell for a, a couple of boundaries in this over already um, and what a catch. 47, Rohit Sharma was on. Off 31 balls, three sixes, four fours. You know, one for 80 India after after eight overs and bowling first looked like the worst decision in the world. And here was Travis Head running back with the flight of the ball after Sharma sliced one off Maxwell's bowling. He covered 15 metres, and what a catch it was. Full stretch. That's what wins games of cricket, and that's what wins World Cup finals. And what a what, moment that is for Travis Head. Uh, and like I said, with the fielding in the first two games, we would have gotten nowhere near that. But that is what uh, has set Australia apart. And a big reason why we won this game was that catch from Travis Head. We proceeded to get another wicket quite quickly, uh, caught behind off uh, Shiraz Iron. I've definitely said his name wrong, but he's one that can definitely go big. Uh, and then obviously we had Coley and Rahul. Now, both made 50-plus. Uh, it was probably Coley's slowest fifty I've seen from him in this World Cup, uh, but we can't be too critical of that. You know, you make fifty in the um, in the big games. That's that's sort of what he's there to do. Uh, Cummins, you know was just re- resistant and and very resilient with where he bowled. He didn't go searching for anything. He knew that it was getting, it was slow in the wicket and oh, like they didn't get fours at all. There was an hour in between boundaries for India, I think almost twice and that's almost unheard of from a team that goes after the bowlers that much. Their run rate was not even five and over and You know, for a team that smashed 390 against New Zealand, it sort of shows how good the Australian bowling was. You know, outside of Hazelwood in his first couple of overs, there wasn't really anyone who went for a massive chunk of of runs. You know, even Mitch Marsh bowled a couple of overs and then, you know, barely went for anything. Same with Travis Head. You know, Maxwell, Cummins, 10 overs, 2 for 34. You know, that's just huge. Stark, once again, stepped up in finals just like he always does. And, he does cop some grief because he can get hit quickly. But in big games, he always steps up. Three for 55 was absolutely brilliant. But, look, once Coley chopped on, it was Australia's to lose at that point. Taya Rahul had a really good innings for himself, but it was just really slow. They just needed something else out of this innings. They needed someone to step up and make 100 or make close to 100 in a short amount of time because it was just slow. It was like watching a test innings a little bit. Um and yeah, like I said, the bowling was really good, but the way India just batted, it was—I uh, don't know—just very conservative. The most conservative innings I've seen in ODI uh, from a team. So it sort of shows that maybe that they've been their uh, their house is built on sand, meaning that uh, they're lower order and they don't want to expose their tail. That's why they, Rahul and Kohli were very deliberate and a bit slow. They didn't want to expose a very long tail. But um, yeah, it was just very conservative, but. Anyway, we're chasing – we get them all out in the last ball. We're chasing 240, and I'm thinking this is going to be a very hard chase on this wicket. You know, we've seen what Indian wickets have done after it's had some deterioration on it. Um, And the first couple of overs, look, we got runs really quickly, but the ball was swinging around corners. You know, David Warner should have been out first ball. Wally just sort of let the ball bounce like half a metre away from his left foot, and yes, it would have been a tough catch, but he didn't even move. And granted, you know, Warner got out for bugger all runs later. But, you know, that's a moment. He takes that catch first ball. It's like, hey, India are on. You know, the crowd gets into it. Uh, we'll touch on the crowd numbers a little bit later on because that was a that was a bit of an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, first ball, the, Coley just sort of lets one land at his feet. And then we're talking rubbish about him. He takes a uh, catch later on. But, you know, Coley went and got Warner out with that catch. Shammy bowled really well um, for that short spell. Mitch Marsh, again, waves at a wide one. Um, and I'm thinking we've lost two quick ones. Steve Smith, you know, that was uh, – I don't even know how to start with that one. That was um, interesting because it looked like he almost wanted to review but Travis said at the other ends because you always speak with your partner, said that he was out. But it was impact outside the line. It looked absolutely plumb on TV. Um, but for it outside the line and to have, you know, you're one of the best batsmen in the world, I'm really surprised he didn't review it. And if Australia had a loss, that would have been the talking point. But To be honest, Steve Smith going out might have been the best thing because in came Marnus with one of the most uh, important innings that won't really be remembered too much because up the other end was Trav Ball, was Travis Head, 137 off 120 balls, four sixes, 15 fours. What a knock from this bloke. And it was smart cricket. It wasn't going all guns blazing. You know, it was smart cricket. We didn't need to go at six and over or seven and over or eight and over. We could just knock it around. For some reason, India always had a mid off back. I reckon that 100 of our runs just came from whacking it down to deep mid off, especially off the spinners, which is really diligent, really smart cricket and great chasing when you're chasing a low total in an ODI. You know, yes, we put the bad balls away. Travis Head did that really well. Marnus really knocked it around. You know, I think it took him 13 balls or something to get off the mark. It was like a test innings for him. Um, And, you know, yes. I'm sure he would have copped uh, a fair bit at that time. But it was really smart and, and played to the situation really well. And they didn't look like getting out. The only time was that not that LBW um, that was umpire's call. Uh, looking at the replay of it uh, in slow motion, it looked absolutely out. Um, so that's a bit of luck for Australia. And, yes, you've got to have some luck in a World Cup final, but, you know, the way manus and travis had batted that's going to be remembered for a long time i think it's the second highest partnership uh, in a world cup final um, so i think it's surpassing haydos and gilchrist back in in 07 i believe um, yeah that was that was special 137 for Travis Head, a bloke who at the start of 2021 did not have an Australian contract, uh, has since then made 100 in the World Test Championship. As a start, is a one the Ashes man of the series in the Australian uh, Ashes, uh, when the Ashes in Australia, rather, and now he's come out and won player in the match, uh, player of the match in an absolutely outstanding game. And It's a shame he couldn't hit the winning runs. Glenn Maxwell uh, fittingly hit the winning runs, much like he did in the uh, T20 final a few years ago. And, yeah, how good was uh, Maxwell this tournament? So what a moment for him to hit the winning runs. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much the game right there. It was the greatest World Cup win ever. It was the biggest underdog story ever. And... You have to really put this into context and where this ranks in the history of Australian sporting wins, not just in cricket, but in all sports. It's got to be right up there. In India, no one gives a chance. There's, you know, 0-2 I, I, I to, to start the World Cup. It was incredible. Now, I've got a little bit of a gripe to pick, though, uh, with the media. The crowd numbers, they said it's 120,000 people, 130,000 people. The Prime Minister's there. The Deputy Prime Minister of Australia's there. Don't know why he was there. He's got nothing to do with it. Um, but going on and on about the crowd numbers, when there was more crowd numbers at the 2015 World Cup, uh, I don't understand that one, I must say. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um but yeah, I I don't understand why they were trying to push it at 120,000 when they're 30,000 off. But anyway, that's uh, that's the uh, media for you. Now moving on to India. Is this not just typical India? That's the that's the headline we've seen. I think it's a bit harsh. They weren't. They didn't choke. They didn't choke because they got thoroughly outplayed. The only time you can say they were in the game is when they got Steve Smith out in Australia with three for, um, well just under a hundred, I think it was, um, and when, when Sharma was really going, uh, before he got out in that early stages, it's the only time they were in control of the game. Australia were in control for ninety-five percent of it, um, and look, it's another Indian performance in a World Cup final. Is they weren't at their best, so it's not a choke. They just weren't at their best, plain and simple, and. It's a shame for Indian fans, you know. It's, it's really disappointing for them because the amount of uh, amount of shit they've talked and how much they're going to be the best. The, this is the best ODI team of all time, the greatest white ball team of all time. Cole is the greatest ODI player of all time. This Indian team, mate, the Indian team's always going to win, apparently. Uh, And when they don't, it's never their fault. It's always the umpires. I thought it was pretty disgraceful how the umpires got booed in a game of cricket uh, when they were receiving their medals. It's not like footy. Uh, It's pretty hard for the umpires to affect the results of the game. Uh, when there's reviews coming in. And yes, I understand the umpires call on Marnus, but that's a square up for Steve Smith, uh, in fact, outside the line ge- being given out. So I, I don't understand the booing. And it's really disappointing that a lot of the Australian, uh, white players, wives have been abused on Instagram, um, by, I'm sure is a very small amount of, uh, Indian cricket fans who are ruining the reputation, uh, of a larger group because a lot of them just love cricket and right now are extremely disappointed. And it's a shame that some of them have gone out and abused, uh, you know players and and staff and and family members of the players uh regardless if you win or lose it's not the way to act and it's a very small amount uh which unfortunately is ruining the reputation for a larger group of people but what a game. What a World Cup. What a performance. Has this not just brought ODI Cricket back to the main stage? It's everyone said it was dead. It's the one that's going to get cut out. It's going to be T20 and Test Matches. ODI Cricket's here to stay. What a performance. Can you Aussies? Thanks for tuning in. That's episode 30 of Aussie Talks. And uh, you little beauty. <laughs>